0: Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out at the studios at Silver Birch Ranch in the Northwoods of Wisconsin. We have a special guest today, Ethan. And uh, Ethan is another full-time staff member here at Silver Birch Ranch. He joined us this past summer, and he takes care of our canteen trading post and a few other odds and ends. So welcome to the show, Ethan. I think you've been on here once before.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. I think we did two sessions. Two sessions,
0: yeah. back when I was out of commission at some That's point. That's right, yep. Because
2: you guys uh, are busy in the summer, so I, so I find all kinds of guys walking down the street. I grab them and, yes. and bring them in here, and we start talking about something. So yeah. Thankfully,
0: they haven't brought in a sheep yet.
2: No, not yet.
0: But, that's, so that's I suppose much. for this episode, we could call it Younger, Youngest, and Oldest.
2: Or we can call it younger. Young, Older, and Oldest. Oh, so it depends on your perspective. Depends on if hmm. your
0: glass half full or glass empty. That's
2: right. P- speaking of perspective, Ethan, you did not grow up here. I did not. And I did not grow up here. I actually grew up in Chicago. And Jason, you didn't grow up here. I did not. So we're all in the northwoods of Wisconsin, but we grew up in the city.
0: All I know is, Dave, for the first time in the show, you're outnumbered. I know I am. Not only <laughs> by age. Yeah, but I could probably. But also by the appropriate choice in football teams. Yes, however, you're can... a Bears fan, right, Ethan?
1: Uh, actually, that's kind of a controversial oh, no. point for me. I'm oh, actually no. uh, more of a Vikings fan. What? Oh, Dave, I guess I guess <laughs> we're back on track. <laughs> we don't even because there's there's one thing that Packers fans you leave in
0: and Bears fans <laughs> can agree on. Yeah. <laughs> <Man>. <laughs>
2: The the name is Bike Queens. Hi, this is Jason and Dave. We no longer have Ethan on the show. We actually actually call them Bike Queens. Ah, I see. Yes, just for the fun of it. Wow.
0: I thought that... Well, I, you know, really yeah. Sure. I, know. <laughs> I know this. If,
2: this has got us. We're tongue tied now because we don't right. know If,
1: I, if I'm being honest, I'm only a Vikings fan because all of my friends would invite me over to watch the games, and okay. it meant free food for me. Right. So that's the only reason I'm like, yeah, go Vikings. All right, Good for you. I get fair. free food out of it.
2: Fair. I also. <laughs> uh, are you a baseball fan?
1: Uh, I'm a Sox fan.
2: Okay. Well, I'm a Fairweather fan. Whoever wins the. What what is that final game? Whoever <laughs> <laughs> wins that one. The World Series. Yeah, there you go. Then uh, I'm their fan. Who won this year? No idea. You know? I don't Nobody know. in this studio knows who won. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know it wasn't the Cubs. I, I do know I do know that I have a lot of I know of, the Braves are in I don't it even in. know who to root for anymore then. That's okay. All right. We'll just we'll stay with the Brewers until I figure it out. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, are, you, are you a sports fan in general or no?
1: Uh, I don't really watch a lot of sports, actually. I think my, my brother's probably more the sports type, but just never really caught on with me. Okay, you know? so
2: what, what do you like to do in your spare time? What do you do?
1: Uh, it's kind of funny. I, I actually like building computers in my spare time. Really? So, yeah, I got into um, computers around my junior, senior year of high school. And it just kind of turned into a hobby because I just started throwing them together and selling a few, and building another one, selling that one. Really? So,
2: how do you build a computer? What do you? Well, how do you start? You, yeah. Is there a like computer parts store you go to? Yeah. A-
1: <laughs> so you can actually you can order parts online, or even in Chicagoland, there's a place called Micro Center, uh, right. where all they sell is like all computer parts or like accessories, all that kind of stuff. So I actually had a few friends kind of you know, tutor me through it and all that kind of stuff, but it's a lot easier than you would think. You know, it's like, it's what like buying been. seven separate parts and then they all just kind of lock into each other, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So,
2: you know, it's interesting. Our very first computer here at camp many years ago, we started in 1981 and, uh, there's a guy up here, Dave Bradley, who is since and now he's with the Lord. He, he became a missionary with Wycliffe in Africa and, and had a heart attack over there, and a dear friend that was with us for years. And he basically started us with a, a, the, one of the original Apple machines for our finances. Hmm. And then I bought a, um, a Commodore 64 and had that on my desk. And so we, that's how it started. But then I remember I went to the garbage one day. You'll like this story, Jason, because you know I like garbage. And I went to the garbage <laughs> one So therefore I like the that's story. That's right. And I think... <laughs> I picked out, I, someone threw out these XT computers. These, these They were called XTs back then. And, and I saw them, so I took them, and I took them to my desk, and I took them apart. I never saw a computer before on the inside. never took them apart, just looked at them. And I thought, well, this one has more stuff than that one in it. Hmm. So I started to replace things and, and made one of them have all the slots filled. Which I didn't even know what I was doing, because back then the internet wasn't even on. Created. And yeah, we didn't mm. know anything, and I turned it on; it worked, and that was my first uh, PC computer that <laughs> I had, and I used that <laughs> on my desk. So I had an XT that worked, and to this day I have no idea what parts I used or anything else. So you I, just, I too can relate to you. I, I can make computers. There you, I did.
1: there you go. There uh, you go. Wow. Just, yeah. Fill filling the slots is all you need. Yeah, nobody would want. And
0: that. then you spent all day playing Oregon Trail.
2: Actually, I no. I, <laughs> you know, the only thing we used those original computers for was word processing and and some filing of some stuff uh, on a you know database or something. Mm-hmm. Because was really, it
0: Oregon Trail invented in your generation? It was, but so it, you, it was on CDs. I, yeah, not CDs, floppy disks.
2: Well, I don't know if I had it on the floppy disk. <laughs> I might oh. have, but we might not have had it till CDs. I mean, I remember the very first time I sent an email. Yeah, because it was uh, I didn't even know what that was. And a guy called me on the phone and said, hey, you can get a free email address. And I'm thinking, right. So we plugged into the phone line at home, you know, with a with a I don't know what kind of computer we had. And he said, here, go go here. You get this free email address and just get it. And when you get it, type me a note. And I did. And and I can remember how excited I was when he got that email thinking, "Whoa, that's cool. You could do this like right away. Well, it took a while for him to get it, but huh. he did get it.
0: Oh, all the times have changed, huh?
2: You know, <laughs> it it's crazy now. It makes you now. feel
0: like old, doesn't it?
2: Yeah. So, Ethan, can you make <laughs> apple stuff?
1: Uh, No. Nor, nor do I <laughs> no? think what I want
2: to. I can to. make <laughs> apple stuff. Yeah. We I, we planted some trees this <laughs> yeah, summer. Yeah, there you go. I make apple pie.
0: Oh, all <laughs> oh okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Dave's literalness rubs yeah. off on me sometimes. <laughs> so yeah, I, I sense that.
1: Dance. I sense yeah. that.
2: So you're, you're a young guy. How old are you? 24. 24 years old. And uh, really, when you think about you're up here in the north of Wisconsin, you're serving churches from all over the country, literally, that come here. And uh, you, you're serving kids that come here. You're teaching young people how to work and give and serve. Um, that's important. And we're thankful that you're on our staff why do you want to live a lifestyle like this? Especially you're a city guy, so something it isn't the snow up here that attracts you to Northern Wisconsin.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't think that really played a big part. No, no. in fact, it, might it was one of the negatives. You, you, I you think. <laughs> yeah. But since you have this
2: little fancy car that barely can go through snow. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't know. tread so well. You yeah. know,
1: yeah. Um, it's an interesting question. I think it's uh, for me at least. Yeah, I lived, you know, in the city and suburbia. You know. And I did have kind of an alternate lifestyle. Um, And it always felt like whatever I did, whatever I worked in, wherever I held a job, it always felt like I was only using like, you know, 60, 70% of what I felt like I was capable of. Like they might've been using me to what they needed me to do, but I just felt like there was parts of what I had to offer that weren't being used. And it just felt stressful all the time, you know? Right. And then I got the opportunity to come up here for one summer, just one summer to be up here and work a summer. You know, I wanted to be here. I wanted to summer staff. Um, And so I did it. And it just felt like there was always an opportunity for me to give 100%. There was always like this activity might use 30% of what I have, but this one will use like 70, you know. And it always felt like at the end of the day while I was like, so tired there was always something to do There was always somewhere to volunteer aside from my assigned position it just felt like for the first time i was content with the work that i was doing and that i was being utilized to the full extent of what i thought i had to offer and it wasn't like sitting there at the end of the day and being like oh my gosh like that was so much it was i sat there at the end of the day feet in the water down by the lake and i just smiled because i knew that it was just I was doing it for the right reason, and I felt like I was, I was being utilized.
2: You know what? If you don't mind me saying that's an unusual attitude for someone
1: your age. <laughs> I do get that a lot Yeah, yeah. It,
0: I mean it really is when you say Jason when he, yeah, totally. he speaks like that
1: it's like really?
0: yeah when he was starting to talk I thought it was because he was coming to work for the best boss in the world like, yeah. he, he didn't go that route yeah, <laughs> but he had nothing to do with I, me I would help no. him spell my name he's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually just yeah, one
2: yeah, I, we, we just transferred <laughs> right past That's he right. actually answers to Jason so that was a little joke there <laughs> um, Yeah. Well, here's what's interesting though When when I think of your life Ethan I think of you being here you're saying, you know, I wanna be utilized to the best of my ability. So many young people I've talked to are thinking, well, you could do this, it hardly requires anything. You know, you can sit around, you get paid. That's not the lifestyle you're talking about. There's a lot to do when you serve people. I mean, picture Jesus. Jesus wasn't saying, I wonder how little I can do today. You know, I wonder if I can just sit around and do nothing today. It's like he always had an agenda. He was always looking at people, asking questions, figuring out, you know, how do I teach this? How do I demonstrate this? Whatever it might be. And that's more the attitude I hear from you than, you know what, I just want to find a job where I can survive. Mm. And, and, now we, and, and then you wonder why are we suffering as a nation with so many young people with depression? And, well, honestly, you, you have to have a reason in the morning to get up and say, God, thank you for creating me. Look, look what you're going to do and look forward to what he does with you that day right you're not depressed when that happens you're you're kind of excited about the day Uh, but it doesn't mean you like everything in life you don't have to like everything in life you know i was actually um reading a, a guy who's supposed to be i don't know if he is or not but one of the very elite uh guys that all the stars or athletes try and get to help them with their diet with their their just physical diet and uh, and this guy doesn't have a, a specific diet. He doesn't make him. I was trying to figure out what do you do mm-hmm. that everybody wants you around for. Sure. And and he basically said, I only do one thing. I tell them when they're hungry, they don't need to eat. Hmm. And he said, that's it. Yeah. He's recorded. His clients have lost over two hundred fifty thousand pounds. And he said, that's my only strategy. I don't. I don't even. I don't even do a I I don't do anything other than say, do you realize that when you feel like doing something, you don't have to do it? Hmm. And I was reading, like, brilliant. <laughs> you know, <I> mean,
0: <laughs> uh, how in the world? It's like why couldn't I have thought of that? Well, yeah. <laughs>
2: you know, I, I, actually the MBI students, I always have them do that right from the beginning of the semester. I am find a candy bar or something they really like, put it on the side. Look at it every day, pick it up, fondle it a little bit and say, hmm, I'd love to eat you, but I'm not going to and put it down. See, there's there's a skill there to be able to say, my feelings and emotions don't control me. My brain does. And that's all this guy does. And and when I hear you talk, it's like you're you're in a generation that basically their feelings and emotions are controlling them, whether it be through social media or whatever it might be. Right. I, to be able to say no to what you feel like, to be able to say, I'm going to purposely be this, you know, uncomfortable um, is totally foreign to a generation. And, and I'm not even saying we like being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but there's also things in life you don't like to do. I mean, I, I, I've never known anyone like, that likes plunging a toilet or, or doing anything along that nature, wiping (laughs) up somebody who's sick and wiping up their vomit or something. It's like, you know what, but you do it. Mm -hmm. And you do it because, not because you're comfortable, not because you like it, but because it's right to do. And young people like yourself who make decisions based on I'm going to do something that stretches me, works me, uh, makes me uh, uncomfortable even at times, possibly. They're the ones that God eventually uses for things because you got the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Daniels, the, mm-hmm. the, the young people who basically say, I'm, it's not my feelings or emotions that are going to run me. It's you know, God. And I'm going to make decisions that even go against my comfort if I need to do that. Um, so you're in a very key position here. Believe it or not, between you and Jason, you will have a greater impact on the young people that come here than I ever will now. Because when I say something like that, they expect me to. Mm. They don't expect you to, they expect (laughs) me to. So they can roll it right off and say, guy's 65 years old, they all talk that way. Like, really? Regardless, there is a truth. And, Mm -hmm. And the truth basically is, you know, you need to learn that if Satan can get a hold of your emotions, If he can get you to make decisions based on your discomfort level he wins Hmm. he's got an awful lot he can throw at you
0: well i think that's that's one of the hard things to learn in life especially when you have a culture that if it feels good do it right you know i mean really it's almost the opposite of that like it doesn't always necessarily feel good in a in a way you know because living living a different lifestyle sometimes you, you make a choice knowing that it's not like man like you said almost plunging toilets, you know, it's like, man, I'm not here to plunge toilets, but you still do it because it's part of the bigger picture, it gives you that that longer lasting joy of being part of a purpose, part of the bigger picture per se. Um, but it seems like what our culture is trying to do is trying to get us on the instantaneous gratification route where it's like, all right, just do the things that bring you instantaneous gratification. Don't don't worry about two weeks down the low, do what feels good now and, and just stay focused on that. But the problem is, is that once those things go away or are taken away from you, then there's nothing foundational left that you can rely on long-term, right? you know? And so for somebody like you, Ethan, that came up here even as a kid, hmm. you know, and now you're here, it's almost like a full circle thing, almost like myself. You know, I came up here as a camper and now I'm here full-time and never dreamt of right. it. But, well, I mean, I dreamt of it, but then I'm like, well, I got to do real life. <laughs> right. Um, right. But God graciously allowed me th- the opportunity to be on the other side of it now. And and the cool thing about the, the, the opportunity and the privilege that we have is we're hired for a certain position, but if you've ever worked in camping ministry, you always end up putting on multiple hats. And it's a way in my mind to keep us humble and say, you know what, we're here for a bigger purpose. And that purpose is for whether it's a young person, an adult to come and meet with Jesus so they can experience and and be refreshed in their relationship with God. And it's like we talk about all the time on the show, Dave, you know, our primary focus is our relationship with God and our relationship with others. And when we enjoy relationship with others, it, it almost, it helps us, enjoy our relationship with god more and that's how he designed it to be um is interaction with that and, and that's that's the fun part yep. um and it all started with you know ethan being a camper and then coming up and, and summer staffing for a summer and catching catching that yep. you know if if you're so busy that you miss those moments i'd encourage you to take a break and, and volunteer somewhere whether it's a camp here or somewhere else a youth group and and i guarantee you that the joy and satisfaction that you'll experience in those moments will outweigh the instant gratification moments that are here and go on the next. Because oftentimes, those instant gratification moments are often coupled with something that we know we shouldn't be doing. It's something temporary. Sometimes it might be something sinful. And so those temporary moments are all, often coupled with guilt and shame. Whereas when you do something that matters and something that lasts, you don't get that baggage and it lasts mm. longer. And I think that's where the fulfillment comes in mm. for, for even you know us – in that sense, it's like, sure, you know, any job, I don't care what you're doing, has highs and lows. Um, but the thing that, that is lasting is that fulfillment because it's not based on something that's temporary.
2: Right. You know, it's kind of fun for me because in the, in the process, what you see is you got uh, three different age levels in this studio today. Yeah. And we're saying mm-hmm. the very same thing. See, the, the truths that are in God's word are true no matter what generation you're in. Right now, I can tell you that every single person who ever lived is sinful and separated from God by that sin. It doesn't matter what generation you're from. That's the way it is. And you need to respond to God and his gift of Jesus Christ. That's for everybody. And once you see the importance of that and you see God actually working in, in, in lives, you say, I want to get involved in that. And what does it take to get involved in that? That's the question. And um, I love the fact, Ethan, that you're looking at how God wired you and how you can use it. And I warn you that the more you allow God to use what He's already developed in you, the more you're gonna find areas to develop. And and it never ends. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you you keep you keep expanding. I mean, when we started in nineteen eighty one and started the year round work, I spent at least six months digging ditches. That's what I did. I thought I'm gifted. I can dig a ditch. And put, <laughs> you know. I, now, I was here because I saw what camp did in people's lives, and I wanted to have that happen. But I realized we couldn't get it done if the water pipes froze. So there's a practical side to things. Like You run our, our, our canteen. Explain what that
1: is. Yeah, so our canteen and our trading post, it's kind of like – The building itself is styled to be kind of like a place of fellowship. We want people to go in there and hang out with each other, people to have like discussions and stuff. And we'll provide them with a coffee bar so they can have some drinks and some light snacks and stuff like that. But, yeah, I like what you're saying. It is like the practical side of it is like, yes, we want a place for them to come hang out, have a snack, you know, and, and do that. But I think in my mind, the core of it is fellowship. Like, that area isn't just, hey, let's go have a cinnamon roll and, you know, sit there and play a game. It's what kind of discussion is happening while they're playing these games. Like, yeah, they're going to have fun. That's going to make them bond with each other. It's going to make them more likely to open up about things and talk to each other about what's really going on. So some people might see, you know, a, a glorified concession stand. But I think it's an opportunity for them to, once again, have a small moment that could turn into a larger thing.
2: Yeah, well, you know, you've probably heard the story of all the blind guys looking at different parts of the elephant and describing it. And I think so many times in ministry, you've got to understand that. Uh, We as a ministry from day one have been about our motto, which is really to know Christ, to make him known. And that's really all we're about. Everything else revolves around that. Every program, the Nicolet Bible Institute, the Wolf River Refuge, everything that we've ever done revolves around that, looking for ways to implement that. So the canteen, the the trading post, which is where you can buy sweatshirts or whatever it might be, that revolves around the idea of uh, knowing Christ and making him known. And what's really interesting then is guys like yourself, guys like Jason with the various program opportunities, myself who gets to do radio podcasts, that kind of thing, we all have that same goal. So no matter what we're doing, that's coming out. I mean, I don't know how many times I say, well, you got to love God and love people. I mean, that's what it's about. Mm-hmm. you got to know him. If you're disappointed in God, you don't know him. So I, no matter what happens, we keep going back to that mission that we have. And now it's been over 50 years, and God has just taken care of this place, and we're still here doing it, still looking for young people that we can in- introduce to Christ, looking for churches we can help. Um, give them a place to go to to get away and rethink things through and and take their kids and develop relationships. There is nothing quite like people getting together and enjoying being together doing something. Mm -hmm. I mean, you think of the times in your life where you have stories about someone. You you did something. Yeah, you you did
0: something together and it created a memory. Yeah.
2: Nobody's going, oh, man, I remember my childhood. Everyone abandoned me and I was watching movies forever. Oh, is that great? (laughs) I, I've never, I've never heard that. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have heard, you know, like for me this year, I went, um, you know, I'm a new hunter, relatively new hunter. So went hunting, got a, got a, got a small buck. But when I did, you think I just hit the lottery uh, up here with some of the guys. I <laughs> mean, I went and asked a couple of guys, you know, I've gutted one before, but I've only done one and I, I can't remember you want to help me. No, I'll gut it. No, I really want to do it. But since you know how I no, I'll do it. No, please. <laughs> before you know it I had two guys we'll right. carry it we'll do it you want us to go no and, and then Poor it's Bambi. been unbelievable oh. yeah I know right. <laughs> but what was really cool was I'm not telling you a story about watching somebody else hunt yeah I did that
0: mm-hmm.
2: and and people were part of it and because they were part of the story and that's what we do at camp we, we, we make the story mm-hmm. we're not watching the story now, you, again, a 65-year-old guy, everyone expects it. You know, I, I don't like movies. I don't like, because you know, you're watching someone else's story. Go out and make one. Mm-hmm. Make your own story so you have something to talk about when you get to be my age. Mm-hmm. What what are people who are doing all this media stuff going to talk about when they're 65? I can fill your day with stupid stories from when I grew up here in Chicago, the things we did, the th- you know we didn't. You know, we didn't have television like we do today. We did, but no one watched it. And we didn't have computers. Imagine mm-hmm. all the time that you'd have to fill if people weren't on their computers, their devices, whatever else it might be. What did people do?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> we went garbage picking when I was a kid. Yeah, me too.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> we, we, that was Chicago thing. That's I right. Mean, Going up and down the, the alleys, finding the
0: gems. Yeah. Oh yeah, all the uh, time. I don't know about that on
1: my side.
2: You know what I used we to do? We found
0: enough stuff. We did a garage sale with all the stuff that we found. <laughs>
2: <laughs> my my brother and I made more bicycles. We made them. My my dad wouldn't. We go out and find the parts in the garbage and we make bicycles, put them together and sell them or, or use them ourselves. And we make go karts that way. You know what else? Which which would get me in trouble? Probably no, not trouble, but people think. No wonder your brain is the way it is. <laughs> um I used to go when when people used to throw lead pipes out cuz all the pipes in Chicago used to be lead. Yeah. I would get them. I would take them home and I would melt them down and I would make toy soldiers out of them. I would go and I got a, I got molds from we used to have hobby stores. And I would go to the hobby store and I would get these molds that you could make soldiers like those little play soldiers that you had mm-hmm. as a kid and I would make lead soldiers out of this. And I'd be now, my dad would buy me, you know, all the supplies I need to heat, melt that stuff down, and I would tear that lead and I'd throw it in there, and we'd be, you know, having these soldiers. We, my buddy and I made a whole army, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so we'd be out finding these lead pipes and using them. Hmm. Um, I mean, I actually came home once, told my dad, boy, I want to I figure out how to make candles. He goes, all right. So I went, he bought me a, a, a little gas stove, put it in the basement. Oh, boy. Yeah, and I went down there, and and I had a buddy named Al, and so one day my dad comes home with these little labels and said, David Allen Candle Company gave it to us. He mimeographed them off at at church and gave it to me, and I thought, oh, cool.
0: Can I I pause you? Sure. Do you know what a mimeograph is, Ethan?
1: Uh... No idea. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I had,
0: to, I had to... It's an old way of printing. <laughs> okay. All right. Anyways, continue. It's an <laughs> there old we way go. Of no <laughs> copy machines. We didn't have copy machines. <laughs> so
2: anyway, it, it mimeographed this thing off and, and these labels. And, and I remember, actually, my buddy and I, we were in high school. We put these things, these candles in a wagon. And we went and we dragged them store to store and sold them to card shops. And they it's bought from. them, and, and <laughs> I, I, I kept th- now I think they were pitying me. But the, the bottom line really was, those are the things that make memories.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, my brother and I, my, my dad would say, get creative, and we we went and we built these these scooters. We put a, we we get roller skates out of the garbage, we take the wheels, we made our own skateboards, and then we would make these, mount them on two by fours and an orange crate, and we'd race down the hills in Chicago against each other on them. And uh, guy'd stop, be at the bottom, and warn us if cars were coming because you couldn't stop.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Now, again, you go through. I could fill days of telling stories, and whenever I do, like at, at Nicolay Bible Institute, the kids are going, "You couldn't have experienced all this." <laughs> I did.
1: It's amazing what you can do when you put your phone down. We, you know? we didn't right. have. You well, didn't
0: have Netflix to
1: binge.
2: We things. didn't yeah. have anything. <laughs> <laughs> you got home from school and you said, "I'm going to go out and see what everyone's doing in the neighborhood." Yep. Yeah. And you went out and you go, yo, Scott! Scott would come out of his house and we'd go do something. right? And um, camp is kind of like that to me still where people can come up. You know, we try and encourage them, keep your electronics somewhere and, and look at each other and make memories yeah and right. we can talk more about that in another. Yeah. and if you're looking
0: to even come up here and have a similar experience like Ethan and you're out of you're out of high school whether you're in college or even older we have a summer staff program just like he did that you can come up we're opening up applications for that December 15th here coming up and you can apply to spend your entire summer there's a small stipend for that but I encourage you to head over to silverwithtranch.org and click on the uh, summer staff button and you can apply for that or even if you want to come and volunteer for a week or two you don't even have to commit to your the entire summer Um, That way you can even just get a taste of what we've been talking about. Just to pause, put down screen time and just hang out with people and do it in a meaningful way. I encourage you to do that. But unfortunately, we are out of time here on this episode of Younger and Older. Thank you for joining us and I encourage you to continue to tune in. But for now, this is Jason, Dave and Ethan on Younger and Older. Take care. Bye-bye.